This is Pastor Eric Love. I want to thank you for tuning into today's podcast. God told Joshua that if he meditated on the word and obeyed it, that he would make his way prosperous and that he would have good success. My prayer is that as you meditate on this word that you're about to hear and apply it to your life, that you too will find good success. Blessings on you and enjoy this word from the Lord. I've raised two uh, adult children or helped to raise my wife and I we've helped to raise two adult children and uh, I'm, I'm so thankful for them they're they are adult they're grown my son and I we had a long talk we talked about two hours yesterday and uh, and as I, as I look back over my life as a young father as a young dad that I made so many mistakes and there were so many things that I wish I could go back and I wish I could do different amen but the beauty of making mistakes is that now you get a chance to help somebody else not make the same mistakes mistakes. Amen. Glory to God. If you don't do anything, if mistakes don't do anything else for you, they ought to teach you how to, how to do something better the next time. And so I thank God for it. So now I have the awesome, awesome privilege of, of sharing with you, sharing with you, sharing with the men in the audience. Now, men, now, now ladies, I'm going to have a conversation with the fellas in the room today and you're just privileged. You're just honored to be here to hang out on a conversation I'm going to have with the fellas because I get a chance to share with you guys some things that I believe is going to help propel you uh, and, and push you and promote you in your relationship with your children. And I'm going to share with you some things that I wish someone had told me um, when when I was when I was a young father. Uh, Trina and I, we got married. Um, I think I was about 21 when we got married. Um, Trina had two children, and so I raised those. I helped to raise those two kids. And again, uh, I, I didn't know much about being a father. I, I didn't have a father uh, in front of me. My father was not in my life, so there was a lot of things I, I missed out on, a lot of teachings and trainings that I didn't have. Uh, but I don't want you to go through some of the same things that, that I went through. Amen. Listen, I, I'm using for an opening scripture. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter number chapter number 13 first corinthians chapter number 13 i'm going to share several several scriptures with you today amen and then um we're going to uh, encourage your heart i pray that it's an encouragement to you and then we're going to get out of your way i just want to share with you some of the things that i wish someone had told me um when i was a young father and i pray that it is a it is a blessing to you Amen. Uh, th- that was a first Corinthians chapter 13. You can stand once you once you have it. First Corinthians chapter 13. Amen. It's Father's Day. So today we, we celebrate. We celebrate dads all over the world and especially here. Good fathers. Amen. Um, and, and let me let me say this. Y'all look at me. Let me say this. Even if your father uh, was not such a good dad, um, uh, the Bible still teaches us to honor our fathers. Amen. So send him a text message. You may not uh, like him, but you you don't have to like him to send a text message. Amen. Uh, just to say, because your, your text message just might change his life. Um, so so again, honor our fathers and mothers in the Lord. Honor them in the Lord. Um, First Corinthians chapter 13. Look at verse number 11. Look at verse number 11. Verse number 11 says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away, I put away childish things. I put away childish things. Father, we thank you for your word. 
Now, Father, send your word this morning with clarity, God, with thought-provoking conviction. And, Father, we pray that you would encourage every male, every man, every father that's in this room. And I pray, God, that by the end of this message, God, that every man in this room uh, will be encouraged with their walk out with their heads lifted high, knowing that you are still with them. And, Father, we thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You may be seated in the presence of the almighty God. Amen. This scripture is actually a favorite scripture of one of my uncles. He always quotes this scripture. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I thought as a child. I reasoned as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish, childish things. Now, uh, the, the, the question that, that it bears asking in this particular text is, is when does the when happen? Uh, when do we put away those childish things? You know, uh, initially, when we're looking at this text, it, it gives the connotation of a bar mitzvah, as it were, um, when we know uh, in certain cultures that they, throw, they have a celebration when a boy becomes a man. But the reality is, in, in, many, in our culture, we, we really don't know when a boy becomes a man, and we really don't know when we put away our toys. Uh, I, I heard Bishop Jake say it like this. He said, toys uh, or temptations of our our youth. And he said, the reality is, is that many of us, many men, this is an ongoing struggle. It's an ongoing battle to determine uh, when we put away or when we have put away those childish things. I, I saw this on the Internet. And it was kind of funny. It says these words uh, that dads have said at some time or another to their children. Listen to this. There's just some phrases. And maybe maybe you as a father have said this or you've heard uh, a father in your life say this. Uh, here's one quote from a dad says, y'all be quiet. Can't you see him watching the game? How about this one? Maybe you've heard this one. Make sure you check that all before you leave. How about this one? Make sure you bring all my change back. How about this one? How should I know? Ask your mama. I wasn't asleep. I was just resting. My eyes. Money. Didn't I give you some money yesterday? When I was your age, I used to walk five miles to and from school, up each way, uphill, both ways. How about this one? You're going whether you like it or not. I like this one. I, I, I heard this one growing up. If you break your neck, don't come running to me. This one, I grew up in a house full of boys, so I, I heard this one a lot. Get down before you hurt yourself. On second thought, go ahead. Quit playing with your food. There are kids in Africa who wish they had that food. <laughs> Be quiet. Can't you see grown folks talking? Why? Because I said so. How about this one? You better pick all that junk up before your mama come home. You know she's crazy. 
<laughs> fathers or something. You know, as, as parents, especially fathers, we spend the first part of our life raising our children, urging them to talk and to walk. And then we spend the rest of their childhood telling them to sit down and be quiet. As, as a father, there's at least three things, three things, and I encourage you dads to write this down. There's at least three things that a father should provide for his family. And I wish someone had told me this, and so I want to share this with you this morning. There's at least, at least three things that, that every father should provide for his family. Now listen, if, if you're not ready to provide these things, then you're not ready to be a father. The reality is that some, some boys became fathers before they were ready to be fathers. Amen. They became, they became fathers before they were ready. And so, and, 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 and although that is a reality of life, uh, you don't have to stay stuck where you are. You, there, there's some growth and there are some things that you can do. And I want to talk about the attributes, the attributes of a godly father. If you're in this room, I, I pray that, that your, your, your destiny or your goal is to be a godly father. Uh, there are three things. I'll tell you what they are. Number one is material provision. And the second one is faithful instruction. And the third one is godly example. Those are three things that every father uh, ought to be able to provide for his children. I, again, I pray. I, I wish I, I'd known this. I wish I'd... I I'd heard this 20 years ago. Um, let's talk about material provision, food, clothing, and shelter. First Timothy chapter 5 verse 8 says, If anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for his immediate family, he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. In other words, the Bible says if you are a father and you're not providing for your children, the Bible says that you're worse uh, than an unbeliever. So material possession, that means that you've got to buy some clothes. You've got to buy some diapers. So when she call you in the middle of the night and ask you to buy some diapers, you know what, brother? Go get the diapers. Amen. The wet wipes and the bottles, you gotta, you gotta provide material provision, uh, p- material provision for your family. I, I thank God. I, I was raised in a house with, with a God-fearing grandfather. I was raised with my grandfather, very God-fearing man. I thank God for him. And every time the food would get low in the house, my grandmama would look at him and say, Charlie, we don't, we don't have much food in the house. And my granddaddy would sit there for a minute. He would think and then he would, he would go get a shovel. And I, I always, I watched him one day. He would go get a shovel when the food would get low. He would go get a shovel. And I said, why in the world would he go get a shovel when the food is low? Well, he would go get a shovel and he would start digging in the ground. He would start digging in the ground looking for worms. And he would find some worms and he'd get about 10, 15 worms and he'd walk down the road to the creek. Glory to God. And he'd go down there and catch a mess of fish. I wish I had a witness there. He'd go down the road and catch a mess of fish. And he'd bring the fish back and clean them. And he'd hand them. My, my grandmother's name was, was Laney. He'd hand them to Laney. And my grandma would have the grease. She'd had that grease so enough hot. And she would go and she'd cook enough fish for the, for the entire family to eat. But, but he was a provider. And God is calling the fathers in the house to be a, be good providers for your family. Glory to God. Now watch this. Now, now you, you may not be able to provide them in their greed, but God is requiring you to provide them in their need. So whatever the needs are, God is providing. Now watch this. Wherever God guides, he's gonna provide. So, so watch this. God is saying this. God is saying if I provide for you then you are to provide for your children hallelujah glory to God and this is going to mess some of you up even the ones you don't live with 
You got to pr- provide for. Why? Because God's commanded you to be a provider. You, you're commanded to be a provider. You know what that means? That means you may have to get, you may have to get you a side hustle. You may have to get a part-time job. You may have to start your own business. You got to do something to be a provider. Amen. Y'all, y'all men, come on, keep smiling at me. The men looking at me funny. Amen. No, it's, it's, it's the reality. Now they, they may be grown now. Some of you, some of you escaped this sermon because they're, they're grown and they're, you know, they're kind of on their own now, but that's okay. You, you need to still be there for them. So material provision. Amen. Material provision. Um, one father said to his teenage son, one father said to his teenage son, do you mind if I use your car tonight? I'm taking your mother out to eat and I want to impress her. A word of a father, don't think that you're doing your family any favors by providing for them. That's what you sign up to. You know, I, and Trina and I, we, we, we kind of go back and forth on this uh, a lot of times because when I was growing up as a young father, I felt like, I felt like because I was, I was paying the bills, I felt like I was doing something. I felt like she should have treated me special because I was paying the bills. I, I felt like I should have got some special treatment. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you, but can I talk about me for just a minute? So when Trina's birthday rolled around, I wouldn't buy anything. She would say, why you didn't buy me anything? I said, baby, I, I did buy you something. I bought you them lights. Every time you go to the wall and hit that switch, that was for you, girl. I did that for you. Hallelujah. I did that. Every time you go in the kitchen and get a glass of water, baby, that was on me. I got you. I did that for you. Anniversary rolled around. I, I, I would pay the bills early, baby. You know what I did for you this year? I paid the bills early. Some of y'all saying nah, but there's some men in this room that think like I was thinking. Thought I was doing something because, because I was taking care of the bills. Not, not, not realizing that that wasn't anything special. That's what I was supposed to do. And she remind me all the time, baby, you're not doing anything special. You're supposed to take care of that. You're the provider for this house. As God provides for you, you provide for us. You're the provider. That's what you're supposed to do. Now, where's my present? Thought I was doing something, but material provision. Now, now listen, now listen, fellas, if your heart is to provide for your family, God will make provision for you. Let me say that again. If your heart is to provide for your family, then God is going to make provision for you. I've been young. Now I'm old. Never have I seen the righteous forsaken. No, it's seed begging bread. If that's your heart's desire, God's going to make sure you have more than enough to take care of your family. Glory to God. Now, now if, if you stingy, If she, somebody said, talk to him. <laughs> number two, number two, you got to provide faithful instruction, detailed information telling how something should be operated or assembled. So not only do you provide material possessions or material provision, but faithful instruction. You must see your family, how God expects them to operate in this world. Ephesians 6, 4, New King James says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. The common English version says, parents, do not be hard on your children. 
raise them properly, teach them and instruct them about the Lord. The Living Bible says, uh, don't be scolding or nagging your children. Don't keep scolding or nagging your children, making them angry or resentful. Rather, bring them up with loving discipline, um, with, with the loving discipline the Lord himself approves. So, so, so here, here is, here is one of the things, fathers, that, that, that you've got to adopt for yourself. It is your job to sit down with your family and teach your family from the word of God. That's your job. As a father, as a priest of your house, it's your responsibility to sit down and teach your kids about the Lord. Here's a good way to do it. That well, when your family, when they come from church, you've got kids in children's church, you've got kids in the nursery. When you come home, sit down and find out what they, what they learn. Open up the Bible and sit down and give them faithful instruction. It is your job to teach them uh, how God desires for them to act in the world. And isn't it amazing? Here's what, I, here's what I've discovered about a lot of fathers. A lot of fathers will spend more time teaching kids how to survive in the streets, but not enough time teaching them how to survive in the spirit. Because the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities, principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. So watch this. So watch this. You, you, you teach your kids how to fight. You teach your kids, you know, how, how to, how to deal with bullies and how to deal with kids that, that are mean. But, but, but how many fathers are teaching kids how to deal with demons and devils that they're coming in contact with every day? And so many of our kids, many of our kids are leaving home ill-equipped to handle the spiritual warfare that they're about to face when they go off to college. Yeah, when you, when you are around and, and the church family is around, yeah, that there's a, there's a security that happens when you are in a, when your family is in a church family. There's a microcosm that happens, but when you send your kids out from the house, they've got to face that demon by themselves. And many of them, when they get out there, they realize that there's a real demon. And I was ill-equipped to fight the demons that I was going to have to face. Because dad had never sat around the table and talked to us about this spiritual battle. Dad had never told us there's some real devils out there. And there's some real demons out there. And this is how God expects us to deal. This is how God expects us to operate in the spirit realm. And that's something I wish uh, someone had told me before I sent my kids off to college. I, I, I taught them how to, I taught them how to talk. I taught them how to put, how to uh, build a resume. I taught them how to shake hands. I taught my son how to stand straight and with his shoulders back. I taught my son how to make eye contact. I taught my son how to, how to greet a man. I taught my son how to open a door for a woman but but I didn't teach my son how to deal with a demon how do I identify a demon I didn't, I didn't spend enough time talking about the spiritual aspect of life. I said, son, get your money right. And son, get you a car and take care of your car. And I did a good job with the natural things, but, but I didn't do a good job with the spiritual aspect. And guess what? I don't want you fathers to make the same mistake I did. You've got to teach your kids about the spiritual things that they are going to encounter when they're outside of your house. How do you deal with demons? How, how do you deal with a demon on your job? How do you deal with a demon in the classroom? How do you deal with the spiritual warfare? How do you know when you're under spiritual attack? What do you do when you know that there is something demonic? What do you do when you're having demonic dreams? What do you do when you feel like you want to commit suicide? You feel like you want to drive your car off the bridge? What do you do during those times? Fathers, it's your job, it's your job, fathers, to teach the kids. You, you, you've got to give them some faithful instruction. Baby, this is how you pray. Baby, come on, listen, I, I've taught you all these other things. Now I need to teach you how to pray. 
Baby, I'm going to pray first. And then after I pray, I want you to pray. And I want to listen to you pray. And baby, I'm going to teach you how to pray. Baby, what are you going through? I'm going to teach you how to pray. Baby, I'm going to teach you how to research scripture. Come here, son. I need to teach you how to look at scripture and how to read scripture. I got to teach you this because you only going to be in my house about 18 years. And for the rest of your life, I want you to, I want you to remember what I've taught you in these 18 years. We got to do a better job of teaching our children because they get out there and they fight the devil and we're losing, we're losing a lot of our kids to the streets because when they get out there, they're not prepared. How do I fight a homosexual demon? How do I fight a demon of lesbianism? How do I fight it? How do I fight a demon that the demon that's pushing me to do drugs? How do I fight a demon of lust? How do I fight it? Daddy, how do I fight this? Your son is saying, Daddy, you know, Daddy, I, I've got a lustful spirit. And, and Daddy, every woman I see, Daddy, I, I don't know. Daddy, how do I fight this? Young son get married. And he's saying, Daddy, you know, I, I've got a spirit of adultery that's on me. And I, I just want to fornicate. And, and Daddy, how do, I, how do I fight this? Many fathers haven't done a good enough job preparing our children, again, I'm, I'm just talking about what I'm, I'm talking to the men. Y'all ladies, y'all just, y'all just sitting on the conversation having with the fellas. We gotta do a better job of teaching. I mean, and guess what? If you don't know, and I know some of you are here this morning because I know we have a lot of young, young fathers here. If you don't know, then you gotta find you a spiritual father. You gotta find a senior man, a spiritual father that you can go to and you can say, listen, teach me how to fight spiritual warfare. Teach me how to fight the way God told me to fight. Because if we wrestle not against flesh and blood, then I need to know what am I up against? What am I fighting? When I go into the world, what am I fighting? I need somebody to teach me. That, that's why, that's why you gotta keep coming to church and you gotta go to Bible study. You gotta get you a good Bible. You got because you don't know, but you're in a war. Everybody in this room, you're in a battle. And there's somebody out there, there's a spirit out there right now that is warring for your soul. To pull you off track. Marriages are under attack. How, how do I protect my marriage? Marriages are under attack. More and more young people are leaving the church. More and more young people are winding up on drugs. How do we protect ourselves? We got to teach. That responsibility falls on the men. And the men of God, we've got to step up. We've got to stand up. And we've got to become better teachers to our children. And we've got to provide those faithful instruction for them. We've got to give them the instruction. Uh, as a father, your family needs to know the vision for the family. What's the legacy? What's the legacy that you're leaving for your children? In other words, in other words, what do you do in your house that you want to make sure your kids do in their house? Let me say that again. What are you doing in your house that you want to make sure that your kids do in their houses? We got to leave legacies for our children. Listen, here's the way the Bible set it up. And I don't know if I've explained this, but here's the way the Bible set this up. The Bible said it's really cool. The Bible set it up uh, the way God originally intended. It was for... The grandparents to take care of your children. And then you take care of your grandchildren. If you have a father and the father has a grand, has a daddy who's the grandfather to the children. When the father has children, he should be able to save his money. Save his money while the grandfather is taking care of the grandchildren. 
The Bible says, the Bible says that a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's, that's the grandchildren. So the way God said, now we don't run it this way, we should, but the way it's set up is that the grandfather bears the financial burden for the grandchildren while the son saves his money. When you're a new father, money is funny. Change is strange when you're a new father. I wish somebody knew what I was talking about. When you're a new daddy, boy, you got to roll in a hoop for a while. You got to roll with some Maypop tires for a while when you're a new daddy. When you're a new daddy, boy, I tell you, money is funny. So think of how well it would be if your grandfather left an inheritance. That now you can pull from the inheritance, take care of your grandchildren while you save your money, while you build a nest. And then when your children have children, the money that you were able to save, now you leave an inheritance for them. Everybody has more than enough. Everything that we need. So here's what I'm saying to you. Here's what I'm saying to you. If if you're a father in this room, one day you're going to be a grandfather. So here's the question. Are you preparing yourself to leave a legacy for your grandchildren? Are you preparing yourself to help your son or to help your daughter take care of of their children, which will be your grandchildren? In our culture, we say, them your kids. You made them kids. Hallelujah. Bring them here for one day. I'm going to spoil them and give them right back. But we got got to start teaching this thing right. We got got to teach it right so we can operate it right. Provide faithful instruction. And lastly, lastly, uh, provide godly example. Provide godly example for our children. By this, I mean godly illustration of, of life or godly example of life. First Corinthians chapter 11 verse 1, Paul said to the Corinthians, he said, he said, who, who were his children of faith, he says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. You've got to be a godly example. Fathers. Be a godly example. You are the closest thing that your kids are ever going to see to God. You're the closest thing. God made you in his image, in his likeness. You've got to be a good example. Maybe you didn't have a good example in front of you. I know that's, that's true, certainly was true for me. Didn't necessarily have a, have a, a good example. My granddaddy was there, but my father wasn't in my life. So I, di- I didn't have a good father example, a good father example in my life. So I thank God for the men that was in my life. But, but God is now requiring me to be a good example for my children. That means that, that I, I can't just talk a good game. I've got to, but just, I, I need, I need to be at their games. I need to be there supporting them. I need to be there cheering them on. When they look in the bleachers, they ought to see you, Daddy. Because they're looking for their father. That they're looking for you. You are there. When you're on the track meet, they ought to hear you screaming for them. They're looking for you. If, if you can't be there, then at least get the video. You can't be there. Have somebody go live so you can watch them. And you can tell them, baby, I saw you running. I've got to be a good example. You've got to be a good example for your children. Watch this. When you get mad, do you curse when you get mad? Because, because if you get mad and curse, when they get mad, guess what they're going to do? And you can't get mad at them. Little kids be cussing. They break a toy and say the S word. And you looking at them mad at them. But guess what? You taught them how to do it. 
You look at them, where you get that word from? They got it from your mouth. They got it from you. But what kind of, what kind of example? Listen, listen, God's, one day you're going, every man in this room, every man in this room, one day we're going to stand before God, we're giving account for the family he blessed us with. He's going to ask you, how'd you, what'd you, how'd you do with my family? Well, were, were you a good example for them? Here's a confession of one father. I found this and wrote this down. Here's a confession of one father. He said, I took my children to school, but not to church. I taught them to drink, but not of the living water. I enrolled them in little league, but not in Bible study. I showed them how to fish, but not to be fishers of men. I made the Lord's Day a holiday rather than a holy day. I gave them a color TV, but provided no Bible. I handed them the keys to the car, but did not give them the keys to the kingdom. I taught them how to make a living, but failed to bring them to Christ, who alone can make a life. I failed in so many areas, and I failed... Uh, doing a lot of things, but fellas, I don't want you to fall where I fail. I don't want you to fall short where I fell short. Fellas, here, let me say this to you, and I'm going to say this in closing. Here's a, here's a couple of things you ought to make sure that you're teaching your kids. Fellas, in your success, when you have success in your life, make sure you teach your kids that all success comes from God. Make sure, so when you get the promotion or when you get the job, don't beat on your chest and say, boy, you know how much money I make? No, you know how much money God blessed me to make. In your success, teach children that it came from God. If you buy a new car, you get a new house, if you, you buy a new truck, don't take God's credit. Make sure that in your, in your kids, you, you instill it to them, baby, this truck belongs to God. This house came from God. The promotion came from God, baby. In my success, I've got to teach you that everything belongs, belongs to God. And everything came from God. And fellas, in your failures, when you mess up, when you don't do it right, teach your kids that God is gracious, that God is a forgiving God, that God's a loving God. It's okay to go back to your kids and ask them to forgive you. It's okay. When when you mess up, go back and fess up and tell your kids, baby, I didn't do that right. Baby, listen, I got upset yesterday and and, and I did some things and I said some things that I shouldn't have said. And and baby, I wasn't a good example. Baby, listen, will you forgive me? I've already prayed and asked God to forgive me and I believe God has forgiven me. But will you forgive me for not being a good example? This is how I should have handled that. This is what I should have done. And one last thing I'll share with you and I'll get out of your way. Last thing. In your necessity, men, when there's a need, when there's a lack, teach your kids that God is the provider. One of the things that I wish I wish I'd have done is I, I tried to shelter my kids when Trina and I were having hard times. I didn't want to expose them to the hard times. But what I should have done was sit my family down and I should have said, hey, look, guys, you know, things are kind of tight this month. And I, I'm going to be praying and I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask God to make a way for us. And I want you guys to pray with us. 
We're going to be praying. We all pray with us uh, that God makes a way for our family. And I should have set my kids around the table and I should have prayed with them. Watch this. And, and we should have prayed. And when God blessed. Woo. See, we all should have been able to rejoice together. I should have been able to sit my family down and say, I know we prayed last week. Look at what happened this week. Glory to God. The light bill went down $50. Hallelujah. I got a raise on my job because we prayed. I wish I had have taught my kids in my, my necessity. Many times we try, to, we try to shield our kids from our struggle. But sometimes the best thing you can do is reveal your struggle to your kids and teach them how to pray. And so that when the blessing comes, everybody rejoices. And your success, teach them that it comes from God. In your failures, teach them that God is able to forgive. And in your necessity, sit down with your kids and teach them. Show them where we are. I wish I've done a better job preparing them. My kids are adult now, and, and they've gone through a lot. And I've been able to talk them through a lot. And so we've, we've been able to, to get on the phone, and I've talked them through some things. And I, th- I thank God for those opportunities. But I don't want you, man. I don't want you, Father. I don't want you to go through the things that we've had to endure just because I didn't know. Now you know. Now you know. Now you've been informed. Now the question is, what do you do with the information that you have? Will you quietly stand all over the building? Will you quietly stand all over the building? I said earlier in the message... That putting away childish things is a, the ongoing process. I referenced Bishop Jakes earlier. He, he preached a message one time. And the title of his message was, God still knows that you are a kid. Because when God spoke to Samuel and told Samuel, I have appointed a king. I found a king. Samuel went to Jesse's house. and When he went to Jesse's house, he was looking for a man. But what he found, and y'all hear me, fellas, what he found was a boy. Have you ever wondered when God told Samuel, I found a king? But when Jesse's house, he found a boy. It it bears mentioning that. Could it be that God sees that there's a king in every kid? But the opposite is also true. There's a kid in every king. You're a full-grown man, but there's a kid in there. And as kids, we're still, we're still growing. As a man, we're still growing. We're still trying to figure this thing out. Some of you men are still trying to figure it out. And we all are still trying to figure it out. We're trying to figure out how to put away our toys, the temptations of our youth. How do we put away our toys? Here's the good news. The good news is the, the news that Jesus gave about the prodigal son. And here's what he said about the prodigal son. He said, although he went away and he did a bunch of things and he, he went out and thought he was living life. that when he came back, the Bible says that his dad saw him from afar. His dad saw him afar off. 
And his dad ran to him to meet him where he was. So what am I saying to you today? I'm saying to you, man in this room, fathers in this room, that no matter where you are, God will meet you right where you are. You say, Pastor Love, you don't understand, man, all the stuff I've been doing, man. I'm, you know, I'm kind of I'm living kind of bad right now. God will meet you right where you are. He'll run to meet you. Pastor Love, man, I'm still in sin. I got some things going on, man. I, you know, I got a past. I got a history. Man, God will meet you right there. God's not afraid of your past. God's not afraid of what you're going through. God's not afraid of what you're doing. He's not afraid of your sin. I I, I like the story, and Chalk said it best when he was talking about this. He said, when the prodigal son came, according to Levitical law, because he was a rebellious son, he was supposed to be stoned to death. But when the father saw him, when the father saw him, he ran to him. Now, check this out. Here's the cool part. Here's the part, and when he said it, a light bulb came on. Here's what he said. He said, the dad said, bring me a robe. Put it on him. Now watch this. He hadn't bathed yet. He was still dirty. He was still nasty. He was still stinking. Still smelled like hog pen. But the daddy said, bring me a robe. Because watch this. I'm going to cover his shame. I'm going to cover his guilt. Isn't that what God does to all of us? God covers our shame and he covers our guilt. And he put the robe on his son and said, now this is my son. Put some shoes on his feet. Go get a signet ring. Put a ring on his hand. This is my son. I like this part. He said, the way he introduces his son, (laughs) he said, this is my son. He was lost. (laughs) But now, now he's found. He's blind. Now, now he sees. Fellas, God wants to meet you right, right there where you are. Trust me, I get it. Raising kids is difficult, especially when they don't live in the house with this. That's hard because you got baby mama drama and all kind of crazy stuff. And you, you want to get your kids and she tripping and she not answering the phone call. And you have to drop off spot and she not there and all kind of, kind of crazy stuff going on. And it's difficult. And sometimes you just want to pull your hands back and say, well, I'm going to let you make it. We get it. We understand life is difficult. Martin Luther King said like this, when a man gets behind in a race, he has to run twice as fast as a man in front of him just to catch up with him. Sometimes you feel like you're kind of behind in the race. But I've got good news. God wants to make up the difference for you. God wants to make up the difference. If you're a man in this room and you say, Pastor Love, man, I I heard the word and I just want you to pray for me. You know, I want to be a better father. I want to be a good dad. I want to be a good dad. I want to be a solid dad to my kids. Because the world my kids are going to grow up in is worse, going to be worse than the one we're in right now. It's going to be worse. Pastor Love, I, I, I need God to help me. I need God's help. I, I just want God to help me. I want to be a good father to my children. If that's you, I want you to just to come and stand this altar. If you're a man in this room, I just want to pray for men today. And you say, I want to, I want to be a good father. I want to be a better father to my children. Come on, y'all. We can do better than that. Come on. I want to be a good father. I want to be a good father. I want to be a good father. Guys, will you bow your heads?
Dear God, I cover. Glory to God. I cover every man. Every man that's at this altar. They're here, God, because they want.